0: I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. It is uh, the third day of December. And so if you're doing the Luke read along and study along uh, chapter a day, we're in Luke 3. And I found this passage kind of interesting in chapter 3, verse 7. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? And I think to myself, this is, you're addressing your your audience is like a family of snakes. So you're probably not going to get the job as the welcoming committee at church. Basically he's saying, why are you here anyway? So um, I don't think John is at all interested in, in preaching a soft message. He's not trying to tickle anyone's ears. And let's face it. John was a little on the weird side and you know, the way he lived and the funny clothes he wore and the grass, grasshoppers he ate Um, he was not your polished advanced man for Jesus. He was kind of who he was and he got off and just uses weird people, weird people. So I'm glad I've got the job because I'm probably one of them. All right. We're going to have a great show. Uh, Kelsey Bollard is going to come on our show. She's got an amazing story about her new little daughter, Scarlett. I cannot wait to find out more about her experience. It's going to be powerful. So I'm um, encouraging you just to not budge. Stay tuned. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Okay, okay. Kelsey Bolar is a senior news producer and reporter for The Daily Signal. I love The Daily Signal, as you do. We usually talk to Rob Louie executive editor of The Daily Signal, but uh, Kelsey's stepping in for Rob today and we could not be any more excited to talk to her and meet her. Kelsey, welcome.
1: Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, are you kidding? Now, I'm dying to hear your story uh, as a a NICU mom.
1: Yeah, so actually I uh, was my first pregnancy and it was a perfectly healthy pregnancy all the way up to week 30 where out of the blue my water broke early. Um, I got rushed to the hospital and um, I got put on bed rest and uh, doctors were doing everything they could to keep my baby girl inside of me as long as possible because uh as as you know every day that a child can stay um, inside of a mother at that point um, is can make a huge difference, so she stayed put for just over a week longer, and I delivered her at thirty one weeks and six days. So we were in for a NICU stay um, that was over a month long and I decided to write about this for the Federalists because I had no idea what a NICU stay would entail. I had no idea um, of the emotions, it, it really conflicting emotions between overwhelming joy of having a new baby. An overwhelming fear that you, you know, your your little baby is fighting for his or her life. And um, just seeing the the babies uh, sitting next to her in the NICU, some were born at less than two pounds, it really is just. Um, an overwhelming experience um, and and really also gives you a whole new perspective on life and what life is even at those very early stages. I'm very blessed that my daughter um, was able to uh, get discharged from the NICU over uh, after about a month Um, but I just felt that, actually, according to the CDC, one out of every 10 births in the United States is preterm, and it's something that we just don't talk about much. So many parents go through these long, difficult NICU stays, and that's why I decided to share my experience in the Federalist in hopes that maybe it can help another parent along the way uh, when, when they wind up very unexpectedly in this difficult situation.
0: Kelski, how much did Little Scarlet weigh when, when she was delivered?
1: So it's funny the NICU nurses actually called her a little the little chunk because she was born <laughs> at four pounds, oh, eleven wow. ounces for at uh, for a thirty-one almost thirty-two weeker. That actually is on the larger size. Um, so, yes, she was known in the NICU as the little chunk. She, already, she was born with little cheeks, which have only gotten, of course, bigger. She's uh, over 10 pounds now, over double her birth weight. Um, and, you know, I just have to give a shout out to all the NICU nurses and doctors um, because they are really doing the Lord's work. Um, you know, <laughs> every, every day new parents come in there. So overwhelmed, crippled with fear, and they are just angels for taking care of both these little babies and the parents um, who are just in for such an emotional roller coaster throughout a NICU stay.
0: Yeah, Kelsey, I wasn't aware that so many uh, babies, uh, one in ten, or have some premature status. I mean, would you yeah. talk a little bit about just your your? I would imagine the highest of highs and the lowest of lows when you're going through what you went through.
1: Yeah, so a premature birth is considered any any birth that occurs prior to 37 weeks. So that means, you know, a number of the one in ten statistics, these babies could be born just before 37 weeks and be relatively healthy and uh, perhaps not even require a NICU stay or maybe a couple days. But we also know that there's. There are many babies born far earlier than uh, my my daughter was born. Um, you know, early. You know, we're we're seeing babies born as the twenty week mark and and so forth. Uh, and many of them are little fighters, and NICUs again are just doing the Lord's work and doing all they can to help these babies survive. But it is a very common experience. It's actually more common for African American women to have preterm births. Um, I think, it, again, it's really important to talk about because it's something that so many families experience. And I think because it is so common, that's part of the reason why we don't talk about it much. But that really, I think, can leave parents feeling very very alone, um, when they are in the NICU. I mean, I had so many questions when I walked into, um, the NICU, how long am I supposed to stay with my daughter every day? Am I a bad mom? If I need to leave to go get a lunch in the middle Mm -hmm. of the day? Um, you know, can I stay with her overnight? All these types of questions, uh, both emotionally and logistically, that I just didn't have the answer to, which is why I felt it was important to write about, share, and, and do all we can to talk about so that Um, parents know they're not alone there's really a whole tribe of NICU moms and dads who have been there Um, it was incredible the amount of people who came out of the woodworks once once our daughter was born telling us about uh, their children or their friends who were born preterm we just had no idea until we were in the situation for ourselves
0: so when you uh delivered little scarlet how long before you got to hold her
1: well, this is one piece of advice that I wrote in the, the column on the Federalist um, that, you know, if you're faced with a premature delivery, ask doctors if they think you're going to be able to hold your daughter or your son when they are born. Because it can be a very traumatic experience to have your baby just taken away, rushed to the NICU when you have mm-hmm. no idea what's happening and I luckily someone someone suggested that I ask doctors this ahead of time and I was prepared for the reality that I might not get to hold my daughter when she was born Um, I was blessed that she came out with (laughs) lungs crying I got to hold her for maybe 30 seconds it was probably shorter than that and then she went straight to the NICU Um, but yeah that can be um, it really depends on um, you know, how far along in your pregnancy you are, whether or not you're going to be able to hold your baby when he or she is born. Um, but yeah, I, I really advise asking doctors and having that conversation prior to delivery because, um, you know, if your baby needs to be taken away, you need to do all you can to be prepared for that because that is absolutely not the type of birth that I imagine any parent would prepare for.
0: Yeah. Kelsey, in, in your article, which is in the I. I uh, encourage all the reader, the listeners to go check out that article. You do talk about um, there's, there's no one-size-fits-all answer for how long you should stay, but you talk about how important it is to have that skin-to-skin, skin, and that does uh, produce some incredible benefits like positive brain development and weight gain and heart stabilization. Uh, so this is a big, big issue, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And there's actually a problem in the NICUs if parents aren't able to uh, spend much time there physically with their baby when he or she is born for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. That baby really does need to be held. It needs that human contact at these early stages. It is incredible how much being held can help that baby developmentally. It helps them regulate their temperature. Um, it, It helps their brain develop. It helps them grow. Um, and so, you know, NICU parents should do all they can to be there when they can. But of course, you know, we also have to provide to be able to provide, um, you know, health care for these babies while they're in the NICU. So I think parents need to not be hard on themselves if they do have, um, if they if they do have to go to work, for example, but I was blessed to have access to a maternity leave. So I spent any minute I could with my daughter in the NICU, but that also meant and I couldn't spend nights with her in the NICU because um, this is something I didn't know I thought maybe she would have her own room and I could room overnight with her but NICUs are often just open open spaces with you know 20 30 babies in a, in one room and so parents cannot sleep there you can't stay overnight which is a very hard thing having to leave your baby um, every night at those early stages um, lessons, the nurses and doctors again are just incredible I wouldn't have been able to leave if I didn't feel like she was in good hands. So we are very blessed to have these professionals who are caring so closely for these babies and and doing all they can to keep them alive at these early stages.
0: Yeah, Kelsey, I saw your spot on Fox News, uh, which was really lovely. You did a fantastic job. Uh, When did that air?
1: That was last night I went on Shannon Bream. She has a segment called Finding the Bright Side uh, where she tries to highlight positive stories. And I, I, you know, I I thought this was a good story to talk about because NICUs can be such difficult times for parents and you really just have to do all you can to find the bright side. Again, I was lucky enough that my daughter pulled through and we were able to uh, bring her home after a NICU stay. So certainly the bright side for me was very obvious Um, But, you know, there's these little little bright sides that you find along the way. You have to be able to laugh during these hard times, too. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I call the NICU sort of like training wheels for new parents. Um, At this point, looking back, I can't imagine being sent home with my daughter um, if I were able to make it full term, because these NICU nurses really trained me and taught me, um, you know, these, these basic parenting skills that I perhaps just would have had no idea how, how to handle if I had just been sent home.
0: Kelsey, let me take a little break. Uh, I'd love to hear more about the story. Um, It's just fascinating. These modern day heroes, these doctors and nurses that are working in these, in the NICUs. And I should probably say it's, that means neonatal intensive care unit. Um, It's a, it's a place where there's miracles going on every day. We'll take a short break and be right back. back to the show. Kelsey Bolar is my guest. She's a senior news producer for The Daily Signal in Washington, D.C., and, and I'm just uh, very much enjoying hearing this uh, story of her little daughter, Scarlett, who was born premature and spent, was it five weeks in NICU? Do I have Close that right? To five weeks, correct. Yeah. Close to five weeks. And, and Kelsey, I'm real curious as to w- what the dynamics are like amongst other parents. I mean, you guys must have been bonding quickly with one another.
1: It's interesting because it is obviously a deeply personal, emotional situation being inside the NICU. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you walk in and out and see a lot of the same faces every day, but you f- almost feel like you're invading on your neighbor's privacy oh. if you uh, start a conversation with them. And so for the first uh, few weeks I was in there, I, I tried to mind my own business. Um, but, slowly you know I you know my neighbors and I began opening up to each other and by the time I was leaving the NICU I was getting their numbers to stay in touch to uh, hear how their babies are doing because you really just form this special bond with other NICU parents Uh, as much as other friends and family will do all they can to support you during this difficult time there's really no one else who can understand what you're going through besides these families who are sitting next to you really experiencing the exact same emotional roller coaster as you are and so you know my only regret and then nicu is not starting conversations with them sooner because it was so helpful having friends sitting next to me um, to share in, in in these emotions, to relate to, and to cheer each other's babies on. I still text with some of those moms today uh, and stay in touch to check up on their babies uh, because, again, we just have this special bond and uh, you, you just really root for all these other parents. And then also, you know, as you're in there for... <laughs> um over a month You see different families um, getting discharged at different times, which, you know, you are just so overwhelmed with joy for them. And then, sadly, every day you see new babies get admitted. And my heart just stunk every time I saw the face of a new parent walking into the NICU because I knew exactly how they felt. And you just want to go over and give them a hug and and comfort them and and do all you can to um, help them and, and and help their little babies who are fighting through.
0: Mm-hmm. Kelsey what, what would you say was your your biggest blessing your biggest um, lesson that came out of all of this you know fear anxiety and time of you know uncertainty?
1: Well I, I think it was just prayer and gratitude that got me through. I could have um, gone in there every day, feeling sorry for myself for being in this difficult situation. And instead I chose to be positive. I I chose to be strong and think positive thoughts through this. you know, any time I wanted to uh, adopt a woe is me attitude, I looked at all the babies around sitting next to my daughter, some of whom were just so tiny, um, fighting for their lives and in much more fearful conditions than my daughter. And so um, it, it, it really became ha- hard to feel sorry for myself. And, and so I just adopted an attitude of gratitude and, and really just prayed not just for my daughter, but for all those, other babies in there and I think what's hard for me today being out of there is you know you're so happy for yourself and your your own family but you also now that I've been there and I understand what other families and babies are going through I just feel for them and I pray for them Um, and it just breaks my heart that every day more and more babies are getting admitted into the NICU.
0: Mm-hmm. Kelsey, I would be uh, mistaken if I didn't introduce you to another NICU mom. Uh, Rebecca, my producer, is one, and she is, um, you know, would just love to chat and say hi and connect with you as well. Rebecca, let's say hi to Kelsey.
2: Hi, Kelsey. This is an unexpected pleasure. <laughs> hi, Rebecca. Hi. I, I, I
1: I actually had heard about your your story. I, I, I'm not sure if all your listeners have. I'd love to hear a little bit more, but um, I just want to say you you are in my prayers, and my heart really breaks for you and your family. I hope you know. I hope you're doing okay.
2: Well, that's that's a true. Uh, kindness for you to say that. And and it is um, one of those things that the more that you understand what happens to you all at once, to you and your family and your baby when you're in that very unexpected situation, you it takes a long time to process everything that happens in that um, condensed, intense time period. But um, we've been... Pretty open about the story of our little Gabriel, and sadly, we didn't get to take him home um, because God did. So we're looking to to see him again um, in due time. But I am so thankful for Scarlett, and I I understand what you're saying. It's it's absolutely true, Kelsey, that there is this unexpected and yet very sacred kind of fellowship that you have with someone else who's been through those types of circumstances. And I don't know why we don't talk more about these types of stories. I never expected to be in that situation. And then once you enter into it, and you begin to share some of those stories and, and your fears and your questions, there are people like you said, that come out of the woodwork that say, this happened with me, this happened with my daughter, you know, my daughter or my son is 20 years old, and he's six foot two, and he started out at two pounds. So So it's amazing. Why don't you think we talk about these types of things more?
1: I've been thinking about that question a lot, and the only conclusion I can find is that it, it really is such a traumatic experience in some ways that parents kind of black it out, especially those parents who are lucky enough to have their babies get discharged. You know, they grow up, and a couple years later, it's just, you know, sort of a, a small detail in their long journey, but really any parent who, who goes through this knows it's anything but, and it's so interesting, the reactions that i've received since writing this piece and going on fox news and talking about it my twitter is full of pictures and other parents sharing their nicu stories and Mm -hmm. and telling me how my experience is bringing them back to theirs and 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 helping them remember and as hard i think as difficult as it is to remember that time i think um, in a way they're grateful to remember because it just really makes you um realize how how lucky you are uh, and how grateful we are for modern medicine, for science, um, for all these Nikki nurses and doctors are able to do to help these little fighters stay alive at these very early,
2: early stages. Mm-hmm. And I love what you mentioned before, because I've come to that same conclusion, that the more that we share the stories of preterm babies and their strength and their mm-hmm. value and their personality, the more that we understand how all life is valuable and, and we have to act in accordance with that understanding.
1: Exactly. And you know, I, I'm very hesitant. I don't want to make my daughter's birth political, but I can't help but think anybody who walks in the NICU will walk out of there um, with a very different perspective on life. Whether you're pro life or pro abortion, seeing these little babies um, you know, less than two pounds just makes you realize what life is at these early stages. It's undeniable. These are little humans um, with, with with emotions um, fighting in these very early stages. And it really just captures how beautiful life is at all the different stages, especially early on.
0: Kelsey, that's just such a beautiful story. And Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your moments together. It was uh, wonderful to see two NICU moms just sort of uh, love on each other. That was really, really sweet. And um, I so appreciate you telling the story. And I can tell all of our listeners to head to com, And you can read uh, Kelsey's story, 10 Reflections from a First-Time NICU Mom. Kelsey, thanks for doing the show.
1: Thank you. And thank you to Rebecca for being willing to share your story. Um, you are in our prayers, you and all the other Nikki families who sadly are not as lucky as us. We, we really do feel and pray
2: for you. Thank, Thank you, Kelsey.
0: Thank you so much, Kelsey. Kelsey Bollard has been my guest. We'll take a little break. When we come back, um, we're going to have a great discussion with a Greek scholar. can never get enough Greek scholars. Chris Palmer will be, be with us. Be back in a minute.